Everybody, welcome to Sunday morning service. Praise the Lord. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. I'm like King David. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. All right. And we are just celebrating the joy of the Lord this Christmas season. And that's what this is all about. So as you can see, uh, the platform is 99% done. All right. We're giving the Lord some praise for that. I mean, it has been uh, so much work that everybody's done. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But also some other good uh, news is that the upstairs nursery and Jam Junior classrooms are now open and available too. So praise the Lord. It has been four months in the making, and uh, and it's just been it's been a journey. But praise God! Thank you for sticking with us through all of it, and uh, it's really really working out really well. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to stand up together, and we're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, because we're going to keep declaring and decreeing that America is coming to Jesus. Can I get an amen today? All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. 
we declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here and do a little meet and greet time. This is your chance to tell everybody how much you love them. And if you're an introvert, it's your time to step out of your comfort zone. And for just for like two minutes, make yourself an extrovert, all right? So let's go around, give some hugs, some handshakes, some fist bumps. Make sure everybody gets some love today. Let's go.
getting in the Christmas spirit yet? All right, one of you is. That's okay. Now we're getting in the Christmas spirit yet. <laughs> Amen. Well, if you are not, next Sunday you will be because we are going to lay it on thick. So you need to be ready next week. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to get into a few announcements here. But I did want to take a minute this morning because it's on my heart to give some massive, massive thanks to those that have really helped us over the last a uh, few weeks, but few months with all the construction that has gone on around here. And, you know, a lot of, if you're kind of from the outside looking in, you don't realize that, I mean, we've done like a hundred thousand dollars worth of construction since August and it is, it's nuts. And you know, the insurance covered most of that. So praise God for that. But what I'm saying is this, is that a lot of our church members, a lot of them have stayed here sometimes till 10, 11 o'clock at night, volunteering time, coming in and moving these, I don't know, thousand pound walls up on the stage, back down, up again, down again, moving from one classroom on this side of the property, walking a couple of acres over there to put stuff in. And you don't realize it, but an insane amount of uh, volunteer work has gone on to really make this happen and I know a lot of you I, I won't start mentioning names because I, I would be bound to forget somebody and I don't want to do that but a lot of you guys have sacrificed time with your family and you've put in energy and money and blood sweat and tears and it just needs to be acknowledged if you are in the church family and you have helped out with any of this over the last four months we love you and we see your sacrifice and it is not uh, unacknowledged we love you and we thank you for putting in your heart to all of this. It's been a lot and I love you and I thank you. <laughs> and because of that, I mean, we did four months of porta potties out there. You don't realize like it was cool for a minute, then it wasn't cool anymore. And so, you know, we just love you and you are so incredible. So best church family in the world. You guys are absolutely have the heart of Jesus. So thank you for that. Amen. I wanted to get that off my chest. All right. Now we can move forward. Okay, he doesn't tear up about a lot of things. He didn't even cry at our wedding. He cried when uh, Reggie Miller won the playoffs, and he nearly cried in talking about you all this morning. So um, I just need to be in agreement with that, that what has gone on over the last while is truly what Jesus described as the body of Christ, each part doing its part. Um, but you know, when we're in this race of life and there's a level of endurance going on and you're running and you're so tired... <laughs> And we've watched you all do that, but I would like to remind you that Luke 638 is true, not only over your money, but over your life. And when you put into the house of God, he rewards that greatly. So thank you for what you have done. We really, really appreciate that. Um, yes, praise the Lord. Really grateful for you guys. So I'm really bad at following this list he gives me every Sunday, okay? I'm really bad at following it. So... I would not be in agreement with the fact that we just thanked you. And now I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> you know this wall that we moved like three times already? We just were wondering if maybe you could move it for the last time today. <laughs> you can do that. I'm so glad. Okay, so after service, after all 15 of these baptisms, um, all you men are going to lift it for us, right? You're going to come to the altar of the Lord and serve Jesus again. And I am trusting God that we will not have to move it till kingdom come. Okay. In Jesus name. Okay. 
Uh, oh, 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 I want to show you this. See this giant box that you've all walked past for weeks? Hold on. Online people, listen. You can give online and we'll figure it out. Or I'll do your Walmart pickup for you. Okay? Okay, so see this giant box? There are a grand total of four tiny toys. We agreed to help Greater Hope serve these children with gifts. Well, now we're at our deadline, and there's nothing like some good old-fashioned procrastination. So, this afternoon, we're going to figure it out, okay? So, I don't care where you go, but you got to bring two, okay? you got to bring two. Everybody bring two gifts, and let's figure it out, okay? you got to come back to service tonight, because tonight is it. i got to deliver it in the morning. So, we're going to figure it out, right, church family? Because we love these children, and we're going to give them the love of Jesus. Yes? Yes. Two toys tonight at six. Nod and tell me. Two toys tonight at six. Okay, good. Now we can do announcements. All right. So young adults, this Thursday, young adults, 18 to 30-ish, or if you're young at heart, we'll take you. It's fine. Young adults, this Thursday, we are having Laura Cook in, um, and she is receiving healing from COVID. She's going to be fine by Wednesday. In Jesus' name. <laughs> so she's flying in Thursday, and then she's going to be with us that evening. Um, she will probably be a little bit tired, which will make her a little bit extra funny. Um, she's really, really funny. So she's going to share with us the lesson that night, share with us the Word of God. And then she's going to sing for us and do some worship, okay? So it'll be a great worship night for us young adults, and it will be a little bit of extra fun. And then Friday night, we have our nice, posh Christmas concert. So our Pretty Pretty Christmas concert is at 7 Friday night. And ushers have these nice info cards for you. I want you to take one today. And I want you to invite someone. The idea of this is not that we just like to do fun Christmassy things. It's so that we can bring people in and give them the love of Jesus at Christmas. Okay, we like nice Christmas concerts and we like fun Christmas parties. But the whole goal of all this extra that we do all Christmas long is to make sure that people know the gift that Jesus is. And that we have the opportunity to give it to them. So take a card, at least one, okay? Two gifts by six o'clock. At least one card and you have to give it to someone. Okay, you need to invite someone. Deal? At least one card. Um, there also are these cards for the church Christmas service on 1218. That's next Sunday. We are going to have just a wonderful, good, good time. And all of us are healthy now. Thank you, Jesus. There's a couple of us. Listen, we've prayed for you. We love you. It's going to be fine. Okay? You're going to be here for Christmas service. We're believing God for it. So take a couple of these and make sure you invite people. Okay? If you are a super introvert and you're not crazy like me, then we will accept you sneaking it into things in the grocery store. Like sneak it into the bags. You can sneak it into, you know... <laughs> Pastor and Miss P used to sneak it into inappropriate magazines like this and into cases of beer, you know, wherever that little thing will fit. And you can roll it up. You can whatever. Give him Jesus, right? Give him Jesus. Okay. So also next week we are bringing a bunch of food like we did for Thanksgiving. Sorry, y'all are handing out stuff. Hi, Walt. I love you. <laughs> He's just staring at me. <laughs> He's like, that's not my job right now. Um, okay, so we're going to pass around the clipboard uh, for food for you to bring. Please remember, pre-cut the meat, okay? 
and disposable dishes. And if you sign up for a side, we'd like to know what that is so we don't end up with 500 trays of corn. Okay, so let's just all bring something different. That way we can have a nice buffet. Candlelight service. It just keeps going, okay? I know Christmas is busy. I know it, okay? But you need to remember that when you're coming in here, you're just making time to breathe for a minute. There's other Christmas parties, and you have to go and smile and be, and you know at home that you left a mess and that nothing's wrapped and all of that, okay? We know that. We know that. It's a hard time for a lot of people at Christmas. We also know that it's a very busy time and you're trying to get your house clean and host for Christmas and all these things. But when you come in here, you lay it down for a minute. And you can come and you can be in the presence of God and you can fill back up. And that grace of God that goes with you will make you able through Christmas. And so if we can just make time to be in church and keep the priorities straight, then everything else that we do will be in his power and not our own. And the peace of God that passes understanding will handle all the craziness. Okay? So, 18th is our Christmas service. 24th is the Christmas candlelight service at 6 o'clock. Okay? We are going to make it a short service, but it is a really, really important time for our whole family to get together and to make sure that when we go into Christmas morning, we know what we're talking about. We know what it's about. I am aware that Christmas falls on a Sunday, so hey, guess what? Not only candlelight service, but now you get to come celebrate Jesus on his not-birthday birthday. So on the 25th, we will celebrate Jesus really big. Um, it will be a short service, okay? We just want to make sure that you're here. I don't really care how you dress. Honor God, okay? When you get up, honor God and what you're wearing. Come to service. Enjoy that service with your family, and then you can go back and party, okay? So we love you. Make sure you're here for Christmas, okay? There's no reason for anyone to feel lonely this Christmas. We got you. We're your family, okay? Also... If you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Just wave at me. We have a gift for you. Hi, we love you. Lots of y'all are here for baptisms. Hi, we love you. Okay, Miss Sabrina with her, you know, blue, blue Christmas outfit and hair. (laughs) Um, She has a gift for you and she uh, will take that info card back from you at the end of service. You can stop by the info booth to drop that off. We love you. We're glad that you're with us today. All right. Very good. Well, we're going to have Mrs. Pastor come on up this morning and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. It's been a while since she's been around, huh? (laughs) She was in New York, uh, Brooklyn for the last month, and uh, she's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. I also, though, I, I can't, I can't not recognize our number one online member. I know she probably doesn't want this, but Cookie and her family are with us from Virginia today. She she flew 2,500 miles to get baptized today. So we're going to do this today and celebrate. And I just want to tell you that we love her so much. She is a part of the church family, even though she's not physically here, except maybe a time or two a year. But she, she, she would, uh, for Harvest Fest, she saw us, uh, talking about needing candy and stuff online. She was, she was doing online orders for the Barstow Walmart. She supplied half the lemonade for Harvest Fest and, uh, and tons of candy. She, she contributes more 
and is more involved in the church than a lot of people that live in Barstow. And so I just, I cannot have her be here with us and not recognize that. We love her so much, and uh, we're going to baptize her today, so I'm really excited. Amen. All right, let's do our happy time, our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. All right, hallelujah. Well, hi, everybody. I saw you on the broadcast, you know, on, during the services, and I'd look, and I'd say, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. So anyway, we had a, a great time in New York. We went out to help my son Joe and his wife Portia with the babies. And uh, thank you for those of you who gave to the, our offering that was taken up for us when we weren't even here. But we had a great cruise on the New York Harbor at night and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you all about it. I'll show you pictures maybe if i got pictures. I've got pictures. So anyway, sometime when we have time, I will do that for you. Okay, so let's see here. Today, I'm going to be in John chapter 12. So if you would open up your Bibles to John 12, and I'm in the New King James. And we're going to go over the first six verses. This is going to be a little bit of a different... Um... Oh, yeah, and if you need an envelope, raise your hand, because these wonderful ushers will be make, make sure to... to uh... Thank you. I haven't done this in a while, so I forget the... <laughs> yeah, raise your hand, okay? <laughs> so if you need an envelope for this. Okay, good deal. Okay, so here we are, John 12, verse 1. You ready? Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why is this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. So, number one, Judas Iscariot was Jesus' treasurer. Now, you don't need a treasurer if you're poor. How many of you have your own personal treasurer? None. Okay, I don't have a personal treasurer. You know, Pastor Samples does the <laughs> finances. He's my treasurer, I guess. But, Saying that is to say that Jesus, although he was in heaven and was rich and came down here and in, in our terms became poor, he had a treasurer. So therefore, Jesus had money on the earth, okay? Now, Judas Iscariot, as you know, betrayed Jesus, and he stole, and he sold Jesus for 30 pounds of silver. And so I say that he ha- that some people even on earth have the Judas spirit, they don't like it when ministries or people of God have things, have wealth. They don't like it. They have a Judas spirit. spirit. And some people, usually the people that have a Judas spirit are people that rob God of, God of their tithes and their offerings as well. You know, you can just kind of mark it for sure. But recently, I was told by a very reliable source that there was something on Facebook disrespecting Kenneth Copeland Ministries because Kenneth Copeland Ministries has his own airplane. 
Well, so do a lot of other ministries. Dr. Barclay has his own airplane. But, you know, a church is a corporation. We are a non-profit corporation. There is a business end to all this church stuff that you never see. You come in the door and you see everything all set up and ready to go. You have no clue what goes on legally. What we have to do to satisfy the state of California, the federal government, etc., etc. We are a corporation. Now think of a secular corporation. Think of IBM. Think of whoever you want. Think of Santa Fe. I bet the guy that owns Santa Fe has his own airplane. You know, Santa Fe is a corporation. So why should a secular corporation have an airplane for his business and some of God's ministers not have an airplane for their business? Now, Kenneth Copeland is debt-free. Everything he does is debt-free. He owns, his ministry owns a $1,500 airstrip at what used to be a uh, National Guard Air Force base in Newark, Texas. He has about 500 employees he has an airplane hanger. Now, I'm sure he paid cash for his airplane because he will do nothing unless he pays cash. Just like High Desert Work Center. Amen. We're debt free now. And that, because we're debt free doesn't mean you can stop tithing. There's a lot of things that need done around here. So, and tithing is for your benefit. It's so the Lord can rebuke the devourer for your sake. Amen. But also it helps the, the house of God. Um, Recently, you know, a year or so ago, um, you know the story about Afghanistan and how all of a sudden uh, the administration decided they were going to pull everybody out of Afghanistan, leave the translators there, a lot of them who had translated right beside our soldiers who saved their lives to help them to, to do what they did over there, left them there to be butchered probably by the administration that's there. Still Americans left over there. Let me tell you something about Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland let Glenn Beck borrow his jet and his pilot, who he pays for, his pilot and his co-pilots. And they flew Kenneth Copeland's jet to Afghanistan, I don't know, two or three times and pulled people out of Afghanistan. Now, I'm telling you something. If, if, you, if you are of a, a Judas spirit and you dis. The, the people of God, the ministries of God, for the tools that they need and they use for the kingdom of God, shame on you. Shame on you. You know, that's stinking thinking. God's people, God's ministers should have the best. They should have the best airplanes that won't crash. They should, you know, Dr. Barkley, every year he has his own plane. You know why? Because sometimes he visits two or three cities in the same day, maybe four or five in the same week. Well, you can't take a commercial airplane and do that. Number one, you have to drive to the airport. Number two, you sit there for a couple hours. Then they say, your flight's delayed. Well, uh, it's it's delayed for the whole day. Maybe you can catch a flight out tomorrow. Missing meetings and stuff like that. So you've got you've to have a right perspective on things like that. So, and then sometimes... When Dr. Barkley, once a year, he has to have his plane sort of, has to have his plane um, upgraded, you know, where they do the maintenance and stuff. You know how much it costs to do that? $76,000 a year to upgrade his plane, not to mention the millions that it costs to buy it. So he writes a letter to all of us pastors that are in his organization, and, and he says, you know, my thing's new. Would you like to help donate? So we do. Speaking of Dr. Barclay, he texted Pastor this morning. Pastor's got the flu or something today, so that's why he's not here. But Dr. Barclay texted him, thanking him for the 
the finances that we send to Dr. Barclay's ministry. And he said to tell you all hello and that he sends his love to you. So anyway, I want you to have the, you know, sometimes thinking like what I just talked about, about people dissing Brother Copeland because he has a plane. That spreads. It spreads like poison. It spreads like cancer. And that's why I wanted to get up here today. And I wanted to set our thinking straight. I don't want any High Desert Word Center people to have stinking thinking. God's people, God's ministers need the best. Amen. To carry the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Miss Leah is going to come up here and address you as well. Joel's going to be my Vanna White. (laughs) So I get the amazing honor to take up the offering, uh, the Christmas offering for Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie. And um, we do have some flowers for you, as you can see. It's not a surprise. Sorry. (laughs) But um, what I want to do before we go to our verse, though, is I want to make sure that anybody that is giving, that they have an envelope or that they want to give has an envelope. So if you do need another um, envelope for your um, offering to Pastors Dave and Katie, because it will be a separate offering, it's going to go into a separate bucket, um, please raise your hand now um, so that we can um, make sure that you um, they get their offering right away and whatnot. Um, if, you're, if you've already gave, that's okay. Um, I'm going to have you guys do something with that envelope in a second. So if you would please raise your hand anyways and take an envelope and just put your name on it. Um, I'm going to have you guys do something in a moment with that envelope. So um, even if you weren't planning on giving into the offering or you already gave into the offering, that's okay for, pa- you know, for Pastor Dave and Katie. Uh, just take an envelope anyways. So I'm going to have you do something real quick with that, okay? And um, if you are doing a check, um, please make it payable to pastors Dave and Katie themselves, not to HDWC, um, because this offering is going straight to them, okay? And if you are giving online, um, guest speaker, right? Is that what we're putting in? Guest speaker, um, just uh, do the option for guest speaker on there. And if you are online, um, just follow my instructions here in just a moment. But we're going to open up our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5.12. 1 Thessalonians 5.12. And get your pins ready. Put your name on that envelope if you've already got your Bible open. So, First Thessalonians five twelve. You guys there? All right. Is it up on the screen? It's going to be in the NLT. <laughs> All right. So First Thessalonians five twelve says, "Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance." Well, I've known pastors Dave and Katie for 14 and a half years. And when this verse says to honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work because they work hard among you, that is absolutely the truth of them. It honestly is. I've seen them work hard, very, very hard behind the scenes doing stuff that none of us see. And I only get a glimpse of when I come onto the church property or when I get a moment to talk to them. As many of us know, trying to get Pastor Katie to sit still for, you know, even two seconds, (laughs) you know, is very difficult. And so we end up having these hallway meetings. And so um, they work hard. It's because of that. They work hard. She's doing that because they're working hard. Okay. 
And when it says, um, and give you spiritual advice, the second part of that, okay, um, that is absolutely true of them too. They have helped me and my family through many, many things. And I think every single one of us can say that they have, you know, prayed you through something or they have loved you through something or they've, you know, just done some um, amazing things, you know, as leaders in in your life, as pastors in, in, in your life. And so all of us has been affected by the hard work um, and the spiritual guidance from both of them. Um, and all of us can probably um, think of that time where they have helped us through that, you know, spiritually or naturally. Okay? All of us can think, of, again, of the times that they prayed us through something. Okay? Maybe it was... Um, uh, you were in the hospital and they came and prayed for you. Or maybe it was, you know, um, your loved one, you know, died and they brought you food. Or maybe Pastor Dave did the funeral, you know. Or, you know, just, I mean, you, Pastor Katie's had coffee with you. Or Pastor Davis had coffee with you when you were going through something. All of us can think of a time where they've either worked really hard or spiritually guided you through something. Okay? Um, and so, um, verse 13 We're going to go to verse 13 too. And it says, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And um, I know a lot of you guys have already purposed in your heart. We, you know, we sent out these little um, things um, probably about like two, three weeks ago saying that we're going to take up this offering. So I know you guys have already purposed in your heart what you're going to give to them. And this isn't about, you know, about that amount. You know, give what you have already purposed in your heart to give to them. Um, The reason I had you guys take the envelope is because I'm going to have you guys uh, finish this sentence. I'm about to give you a sentence, and I want you to finish this sentence on the back of that envelope, okay? You guys ready for this? I want you guys to make sure you have your pins ready, okay? All right. I want you guys to finish this sentence on the back of your envelope. Thank you, Pastors Dave and Katie, for... Finish that sentence. It doesn't have to be a paragraph. It doesn't have to be a novel, like... Pastor Dave says, I write to Pastor Katie. <laughs> I write novels. <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> so, um, but I want you guys to take a quick moment to tell them what you're thankful for. Put your name on the front. You don't want to remain anonymous. They want to know what they've done for you. <laughs> you know. And if you're online and want to put something in the comments of something Pastors Dave and Katie have done for you, you can do that. If you don't feel comfortable, write a note down. Next time you see them, hand it to them. Okay? But just take a moment to just tell them, you know, something that you are thankful and grateful that they have done for you in your life, okay? Again, you guys have already purposed in your hearts what you're going to give to them in their offering. So go ahead and do that. If you're doing it online, again, guest speaker. Put that um, down as a guest speaker. But um, I want, I need, they need to know, you know. I mean, they don't need to know. Okay, I want them to know, okay? <laughs> I want them to know how special they are to all of us, okay? I want them to know just how much they mean to all of us. And so, again, I've already I've already done mine. It wasn't a novel, so. <laughs> but just take a moment right now to go ahead and just let them know something that you appreciate about them, about maybe their hard work or their spiritual guidance that they have done for you in your life, Okay. We thank you. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> um, and I am. I'm going to cry. Anyway, just thank you. Because you guys have helped so many people through so many different situations. And, you know, you just, you may never know 
you may never know until you get up to heaven, you know, and we're all just, you know, praising God that you're up there with us and we're rejoicing with you. So, all right. So, um, oh, yes, the bucket for theirs is right here. Can I give you guys these real quick and just give you a hug? I've only done this one other time. It was for Mrs. P, but... <laughs> This only happens once a year. <laughs> Take a picture. Go, 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 go. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> so thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you want a picture of them holding flowers. <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah. All right, you guys. So we're going to thank God you guys are standing up. If you aren't standing up, go ahead and stand up right now because we are going to do the financial faith confession. And it is so true. When you get up here, you just forget the words. So I'm really hoping they're putting it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and begin. And again, just to make sure, this is Pastor Dave and Katie's offering bucket right here. Uh, uh, Robert Valdez will be holding it, and the other two are for your regular tithes and offerings, okay? So let's do this. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe and receive jobs for better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises,
Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to him this morning. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And I just, I love the lyrics right there that he was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. You realize that you have made it through 100% of the worst days you've ever faced, right? <laughs> You're still here. It didn't take you down last time. It's not going to take you down this time. But you got to realize that our confidence is in the Lord. Man, I'm not confident in life because I'm so smart. That's certainly not the case. I'm not confident because I'm so strong or so whatever. I am confident because I know that he will never never leave me. He will never forsake me. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Somebody ought to say amen today. Come on. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I uh, just, I'm thinking about Romans chapter eight, you know, where it tells us that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. And that if God is for us, who can be against us? And you need to remember that today, that God is for you. So who or what could possibly stand against you? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. And we ask you to have your way in this service today, Lord. Give us the truth, because we don't want lies. We want the truth in the name of Jesus, and the truth shall set us free. Hallelujah. We praise your name today. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, you can make your way to your seats this morning. Amen. It is a good, good day to be in the house of the Lord. And I got to steal one from my dad where he says, I would rather be here than the best hospital in all of Southern California. Amen. <laughs> I would rather be here than the very best jail in all of America. I mean, this is just a great place to be. And I understand there's other places you could possibly be, but you picked the right one today. And the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. Amen. And, you know, we're, we're in the Christmas season and we're in a series called Joy to the World. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with that phrase. And it uh, comes from a very famous 
Christmas song that we all know. And I kind of talked about this a little bit last week, but the song wasn't originally meant to be a Christmas song anyway. They just put music to it and like, hey, this is pretty catchy. And now uh, a couple hundred years later, it's like uh, the third most popular Christmas song. But it is a true thing from the book of Psalms, joy to the world. Why? The Lord has come. And I can tell you that I would have no joy whatsoever if Jesus had not been born. I'd be nothing. I'd be dead. I'd be awful. I'd be in hell. But thank you, Jesus, that he came to die for my sins and for your sins. And on top of that, we often only focus on the part that we, you know, don't have to go to hell and we can go to heaven now. But you realize that the salvation package is so much more than a get out of hell free card. Jesus offers you a tremendous life here on this earth right now. It's not only, I mean, that's the main thing is getting to heaven. Thank God for that. But you don't have to live in hell on earth until you get there. You can be blessed and joyful in this life right now. And then heaven will be a million times better, but you don't have to be depressed and doomed and gloomed and just absolutely out of it until you get to heaven. You can enjoy life on earth right now. Who thinks that sounds pretty good? Yeah. So, uh, just to review a little bit of last week, if you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. This will help you follow along. And I know that you love to take notes, so you're going to go home and read them later today, aren't you? Thank you. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> so a little bit of review from last week. We saw that there's no true joy available outside of Jesus. Now, there is happiness, and sometimes we're tempted to look at the people of this world and 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 and, and say, like, well, wow, they're, they're just so happy all the time. But what you realize uh, is that happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is an emotion, and happiness can be stolen away from you. You could be having a happy day. Someone could come in and make you mad, and now it is no longer a happy day anymore. But Jesus said in John 16 that I will give you some joy, and nobody can rob you of that joy. And I know that anybody can rob your happiness, but when Jesus gives you the real deal joy, you can hold on to that for your entire life. And uh, I know to our mind, we're like, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's the word of God because joy is a spiritual condition. It is a fruit of the spirit, like we saw in Galatians chapter five last week. And so there is a marked difference between joy and happiness. Now this week, to catch us up here, I want to open up this morning by looking at a few things from the book of Isaiah. All right, so let's look at Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah had many, many, many messianic prophecies about Jesus from his birth all the way to his death. Now, uh, the book of Isaiah, he prophesied these things about 700 years before Jesus was actually born into this earth. Now, I, I love the book of Isaiah. I have spent many, many 
days and hours reading through this book time and time again. And I love the book of Isaiah. I, I mean, his prophecies were so uh, uh, spot on and so detailed about the life of Jesus, about this coming Savior. And it's just incredible to look at. But we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 in the New King James. This is a well-known Christmas verse. And again, the thing is, is that you would read this and you would think that this, somebody wrote this after Jesus had been born or after they had, you know, watched a good nativity movie or something. But this was written 700 years before it ever actually even happened. And so Isaiah chapter nine, he's prophesying about a future savior and Messiah that would come into the world. And, and I love it because everybody's waiting for this savior and Messiah and they're they're thinking in their mind they're they're imagining someone like king david they're imagining a military warrior hero they're thinking yeah we're going to get us like a navy seal and he's going to come in and rescue god's people and god does something totally different it says isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 for unto us a child is born what no, 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 not, you're not, don't send a kid to save us. We're looking for Rambo. We're looking for the Navy SEALs, you know, for the recon force of the Marines. But no, God sends a child for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder. Check it out. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Jesus is all of those things, isn't he? Who knows that if you need peace, where do you go? Man, I go to the Prince of Peace. Amen? You know, someone's like, well, I go to the liquor store. Stop that! No, there's no peace in that. When I need peace, I go straight to the source. I go to the Prince of Peace. When the enemy is attacking me, I go to the mighty God. I go to my everlasting Father. Well, what do you call him? I call him wonderful. Amen? Jesus is wonderful. He is all of these things to us. And I know it's an incredible prophecy that Isaiah gave right here. And, and again, it confuses everybody because Jesus came, the savior of the world came as a baby and he wasn't born in the palace. He wasn't even born in a home. The man was born in a barn with a bunch of animals. Nobody saw this coming, but that's one of the incredible things about God is that we may have it this way in our mind and God will totally throw you a curveball and it's so much better than what you even imagined. And you know, I, I, I was thinking about that. Sometimes you were expecting one thing, but God sent another. And if you're not spiritually in tune, you'll totally miss the answer that God sent to your life. And sometimes we're praying for something. I don't know why he won't answer me. And maybe he sent the answer, but your mind was already pre-made up about how God had to answer your prayer. And you miss the answer and it was right in front of you the whole time. And some, you know, I'm thinking about it. Just like people had to be patient and wait for baby Jesus to grow up. 
to save the world. Maybe you need to have a little joy and be a little patient while God is preparing and growing the gift that he sent to you to be the answer to your prayer. Thank you for your holy silence. Wait, is this the Presbyterian church? Which one is this? All right. Uh, Well, since that was so popular, let's look at Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61, because I want to look at another incredible passage from Isaiah really quick before we get into the main uh, thing of the sermon right here. Isaiah chapter 61. And uh, let's check this out. This right here, I'm sharing this because this is the passage that Jesus preached from when he first started his public ministry in the book of Luke. And so I love this because when Jesus, uh, he's starting his ministry, and you can read about this on your own time in Luke chapter 4, he goes to the synagogue in Nazareth, and he's, they hand him the scroll, or what would be the Bible of the time, and this right here is what Jesus chooses to preach out of for really, I mean, one of his first public sermons, you could say. And so Isaiah 61 Verses 1 through 3, and Isaiah, he speaks this out, and this is where Jesus went when he wanted to describe why he came to the earth. I love it. He says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Yeah, he came to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you've got a broken heart today, you are in the right place because the Prince of Peace came to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't come to put a Band-Aid on it. He didn't come to just, you know, kind of stitch it up. No, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Wonderful Counselor, he came to literally heal your broken heart. I came to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all those who mourn. If you are here and you are sad and you have been dealing with some mourning, he is here to comfort you. But here's what I'm trying to get at. Verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion. Check it out. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Amen. Now, there's a phrase right here that I want to pull out of verse 3. And notice he says he will give us the oil of joy. The oil of joy. And I believe that joy operates as an oil in your life. Now, I know some Christians, like, they're born again all right, but their their life is a grind. Their gears are all ground together and, and it's just a drag. It's a grind and, and, and everything is hard. Why is that? Because listen, just like you need to put some oil in your car engine so it doesn't just lock up and grind, you need the oil of joy in your life. And I promise you, your life is never a grind when you've got the oil of joy going on right there. You have 
things come to you, you have troubles, no doubt. The devil will still throw things, but it doesn't lock you all up. You've got the oil of joy, and you just keep plowing right through it. Who wants the oil of joy today? Dude, I want that. Absolutely. So I'm here to tell you, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Who's ready to get oiled today? I didn't bring enough for everybody, but we've got a little bit here. No, I'm kidding. All right. Let's do this. All right. So uh, I want to discuss today a simple formula for joy that I was taught as a child from my dad. And many of you are familiar with this acronym for joy, but it's even more fitting at Christmas time. I'm going to tell you the right framework for receiving joy in your life today. All right. So let's look at this framework for joy. Number one, if you really want joy, it's got to be Jesus first. It has to be. If you put anything else above that, you will not have joy. Done it. Tried it. Proven it. It's the truth. If you put anything else in that number one slot in your life, you may get temporary happiness. You may feel good for a minute. You might make yourself feel okay for a little while. But I promise you, you will not have everlasting joy. Now, everyone agrees that Jesus should be number one in our lives. Who agrees with that statement? You're sitting in church. Yeah, and it's, you know, yes, absolutely. You agree that Jesus should be number one. But if we were to be honest, not everyone actually keeps him in the number one slot. And one thing that I've learned as I've gotten a little bit older in life is you have to keep your priorities straight or it has a chain reaction and it wrecks the rest of your life. Anyone else? You've, you've at least learned that much by now. If you don't keep your priorities in order, it, 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 it's a chain reaction and it wrecks things further down the road and you're like, golly, man, what happened here? Well, it all started way back there when you put something else in the wrong slot. You you put something else where Jesus was supposed to be. And I was thinking about, I used to work at FedEx at the Indianapolis airport. And I had this, you know, this incredibly, uh, you know, job, this job. You know, it, it wasn't impressive. I'm just what I'm trying to say. I stacked boxes like a monkey, okay? I mean, it was not, you know, I didn't have to be a brainiac to do this job. But I tried to get really good at it. And so, you know, we had to stack these boxes into containers that would go onto airplanes. And one of the most important things, if you're going to do this, is you got to put the heavy, big boxes on the bottom. Then the light ones on the top. We had whole classes about this. We had a formula called tea stacking, where you just had to, you know, try to make these teas and, and do everything. But some people, they just wanted to get in a hurry and get the boxes out of there. So they're scanning them and throwing them in there. And here's the thing. You may have just done it all wrong, and it was going okay for a while. Then you can toss something as small as an envelope up there, and the whole thing collapses. Hundreds of boxes. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to break people's stuff. It's not going to turn out good. Now, to the ignorant person, they'd say, wow, that tiny little envelope caused all this damage. It wasn't that tiny little envelope. What happened was you got the priorities out of whack. Your issue started way down here. And sometimes in our life, we may have some big collapse, some big blow up, some big bad thing happened. And we're like, wow, all that happened because I just said this one bad word. All that happened because I just did this one thing. 
No, (laughs) it wasn't that little thing. It all started way back there when your priorities got out of whack. It was not the little one pound thing. It's because you messed up with all the big important things earlier. Are we here to point and judge you? No, we're here to say, hey, let's fix this thing today. If you want joy, Jesus goes number one. That's the only possible way to do this thing. Can I get an amen today? All right, and so we're going to turn here to the book of Matthew chapter 6. All right, I know I skipped a thing there. We'll get back to it. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6. And I I heard this story about a group of friends. They went deer hunting, and they paired off in twos for the day. Two guys, you know, each went out. That night, one of the hunters returned back to the camp alone, staggering under. (laughs) He had an eight-point buck on his shoulders, just staggering back in. Well, all the other guys asked, where's Harry? You had Harry with you. Where's he at? Oh, Harry had a stroke of some kind back there on the trail. He's a couple miles back there. You left Harry laying there and carried the deer back? You know, think about that. And the hunter said, it was a tough call, no doubt about it. I felt bad about it, but I figured no one was going to steal Harry along the trail there, so I had to prioritize, right? And sometimes in our life, you know, we carry what seems to be the important thing back, and you left the, the actual important things back there on the trail. Listen, no, get things in order. Matthew six thirty three, famous verse, but seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to do like my dad again, but seek when it's convenient, the kingdom of God. Seek ye the kingdom of God when you got a little extra time in your schedule. Uh, what, you know, when the kids are in a good mood, uh, see, put, put, give God, cut him out a little space of time. If you're, if you got the feels that day, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is righteousness? I want to be in right standing. I want to live my life right, not on my own terms. And as I do this, all these things shall be added to you. They'll be added to you. They will be given to you. So on your outline there, when we put Jesus first, all the other things fall into place. And we can have true joy. When we put Jesus first, all the other things fall into place and we can have true joy. So don't seek things, seek Jesus. And he'll give you the things. He's not against you having nice things. He's not against you being blessed in that regard. But when we seek those things instead of him, it never works out. And I also want to tell you, you'll find out that the more you seek him, the less important things are. You get that, right? The more that I seek Jesus, the less I honestly care about what kind of car I drive. All right. The the more I seek Jesus, I don't care if the neighbors have a bigger house than me now. It doesn't matter anymore. Right. The more that I care about Jesus, these things simply just don't seem to matter as much. There's another old hymn, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The more that we see these things that used to just seem so much in our face like they mattered, they're kind of like, huh, what? I, 
I don't even care about that anymore. I just want to please Jesus. I just want to get closer to him. I just want to know as much about him as I possibly can. And also, I'll bet you've learned this already too, that some of the people that have all of the things are the least joyful people there are. You seen that? Why? Because joy doesn't come from things. Joy comes from Jesus. If joy came from things, you may get temporary happiness from things, but they can't bring you joy. And you've got to learn that lesson in your life right now. I heard another story about a rich young investment banker who was driving his new BMW that he had bought, spent tons of money on it. He was driving down a mountain road during a snowstorm and just speeding, being stupid. And as he sped around one sharp turn, he lost control and began sliding off the road toward a steep cliff. I mean, just, you know, a a movie, a bad situation. At the last moment, he unbuckled his seatbelt, flung the door open, and leaped out of the car. When the car then plummeted down to the bottom of this ravine and burst into a ball of flames. Like, oh, I mean, this is like a straight out of Hollywood type of thing. And although he escaped with his life, the man did suffer a terrible injury out of the whole thing. Somehow his arm had been caught near the hinge of the door as he jumped and had been torn off at the shoulder. I mean, not you know, not to be gruesome, but just a really bad situation. So this passing truck driver sees the whole thing in his mirror. You know, brings his truck to a stop, gets out, runs back there to see if he can help the guy. And when he arrived at the scene, he finds this young man standing on the roadside looking down at the bottom of the cliff at his BMW. You know, and, and, and uh, incredibly, the young man didn't even realize the injury that had happened to him. And he's just screaming, my BMW, no, my BMW, I just bought this thing. And the trucker points at the young man's shoulder and says, Hey man, you've got bigger issues than a BMW right now. Let's, I'm gonna help you. Let's see if we can find your arm and maybe the surgeons can sew it back on. And the young man, he's like, he looks down at his arm and it finally hits him and he's like, my Rolex! My Rolex is gone! No, my Rolex! And so, some people are so confused that they just don't get it. That was a joke, by the way, if some of you are still looking for That was a joke. Didn't really happen, but it does make a good point, all right? So, Jesus first. Number two, others second. Well, where do I fit in? You'll get there. But let's talk about others for just a minute. Because as we've seen in this world, we're taught to think of ourselves first, and everyone else can just wait or do without. You know, I knew a young man and he would say, you know, hey, I got to think about number one. I got to take care of number one first and everybody else can just deal with it. And I'm like, what a confused, sad, lonely young man. What a troubled young man. You know, it was just, it, I, I felt bad for this guy. And, and he just, and he's still wandering aimlessly through life. But if you think that you got to do you number one first and everybody else can just get over it, enjoy your lonely, miserable life. But I enjoy having, you know, my friends and family and church around, uh, you know, and if I'm going to only think about me, it is not going to be a good life. I've heard it said that the American dream is to get all you can, can all you get, so you can sit on your can. <laughs> That's not God's dream for you. God, as hard as it is to believe, 
there's something better, more meaningful than that. If I just die a lonely, rich old man, I have failed. I want, I, I want my family, I want my church family, I want people to be around me. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night if you were here, and if not, you could go back and watch that, but you cannot possibly be a healthy Christian if you only receive, but you never give. I'll say it one more time. All right. Listen, you can never be a healthy Christian if you only receive, but you never give. And for some people, a confusing verse would be Acts twenty thirty five. It says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if you're not a giver, you read that and you're like, someone done told them wrong. <laughs> I like to receive. Uh, you know, there's a good place for being a receiver because I know some people that they're not good receivers. And you do need to be able to receive when someone's giving something to you. You know, sometimes someone's trying to give you something, and I've seen this, and, and they it meant a lot to them. And you're like, no, 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 we don't need it. No, 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 don't do that. But you don't realize you're robbing them of joy. They wanted to give you something. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing that out there for whoever needs that. But we're going to talk about giving but you also do need to be a good receiver. If someone sacrificed and really wanted to give something to you, it may not even seem like a big thing to you, but it really was to them. You need to receive that with joy and gratefulness because it, it's more about blessing them at that point. Do you get that? You're welcome. You are welcome. Merry Christmas. All right. And so really, though, it's unhealthy to only receive but to never give. Now, in one of my favorite episodes of the Andy Griffith Show, all right, some of you thought I was going to Little House on the Prairie. That was last week. Come back next week. We're going to talk about the Waltons. But for right now, uh, I'm talking about the Andy Griffith Show. I was watching this episode, and uh, Andy's trying to get little Opie to give to charity, and, and Opie doesn't want to give to charity. He wants to keep it for himself. And I was watching this years ago, and Andy Griffith dropped a nuclear truth bomb upon my life that is still reverbing in my soul years later. And what he told Opie was this. He said, son, there's two types of people in life. There's givers and there's takers. You need to be a giver. And that's on your outline. There's two types of people. You know, in this context, there's givers and there's takers. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> look around. Ain't that the truth? There's givers and there's takers. That, that line's always it's stuck with me because I really do believe it's true. And I have always found that givers seem to have more joy than takers do. Yeah, honestly, the, the, the giving people seem to always have more joy because, believe it or not, there's more satisfaction in giving out. When, when you're only interested in taking, you'll never be fulfilled. If that's your only thing in life, someone could cut you a check for a million dollars and it'd make you happy for a little while, but next week when nobody does anything at all, you're going to be empty all over again. But when you're a giver, you're just constantly, oh, thank you, gee, I just want to bless people. I just want to be, a, I just want to give. And I'm not talking about giving all your money away because that's the first thing everyone's mind goes to. But having a 
giving heart and attitude. Maybe it's giving of your time. Maybe it's giving of, you know, encouraging somebody when they're having a bad day. Maybe it's giving, you know, in some other way. There's so many ways to give. But when you're a giver, you're a very fulfilled person. When you're a taker, you will never be fulfilled because nobody's got a big enough bank account. Nobody's got enough time. Nobody's got enough energy to fulfill your needs when you're only interested in taking. I've seen it so many times in life. And I've also found, all right, <laughs> truth be told, the takers always complain more than people who actually contribute and give. Can I get an amen? Or? Okay. It's okay. That's okay. You do. Um, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But it's true, man. You know, givers, they're just, they're, I just like being around giving people because they've got the joy of the Lord. They want to help people. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, this is a very interesting chapter here, and it is all about giving. And you'll see here, uh, and we've studied this uh, chapter many times in regards to tithes and offerings. But what we're looking at here is uh, the Apostle Paul and some of the Christian leaders were, uh, they were collecting an offering for the Christians and for the church in Jerusalem. They had gotten themselves into a, a little bit of a, a mess. And so uh, Paul and some of the other Christian leaders, they were, they were receiving an offering for them at all the different churches they went to. And it's a really cool thing. But 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 4. And here's what Paul says to the Corinthian church. Were you here in the summer when we did a, an entire uh, study on the book of 1 Corinthians? Some of you were. Well, one thing we discovered is they were insanely immature. I mean, they had money, they had fashion, they had, you know, coolness, they had tons of Instagram followers for sure. But these guys, one thing they didn't have was maturity. They were extremely immature. And so Paul writes this to them and says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy. What? I thought you couldn't have joy if you were poor. No, 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 no. He says they're filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. No, hold on. Stop the presses. There's no way you can be generous if you're poor. Not according to these guys right here. They didn't let their situation stop them from being generous people. This gets me, man. Look at verse 3. He says, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. That always just gets me right there that these guys, the poorest of any of the churches there, they were, apparently, the leaders were like, well, let's ask each church for an offering to help the Christians in Jerusalem. Don't ask the Macedonians. They're poor. Let's just skip over them. But the people in Macedonia were like, no, don't skip us. Please, it's a privilege to be a giver. Let us participate in giving. Think about that attitude. And then there's some people that would be well able to contribute in this situation. They're like, hey, every man for himself. It's a dog-eat-dog world. Hey, you got to take care of number one. you got to blah, 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 blah. 
But yet these guys, they didn't have much, but they're like, don't, don't skip over us. Let us contribute. Let us participate. Notice they said it's a privilege to be a giver. It's not, if you see it as an obligation or as a burden or a duty or, well, I guess it's Christmas time, you know, we'll throw a few coins in the Salvation Army bucket. Well, let's go donate some time down there at the community center just to say we did it. If that's your idea of being a giver, look at this next verse. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. And here's one we quote a lot. But listen, if you want joy in your life, it's going to start with Jesus, and then it's going to go others second. Second Corinthians 9, 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Why? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. Do we have any cheerful givers in the house today? Yeah. I don't give because I'm afraid God's going to punish me if I don't. I don't give because, you know, whatever. No, we are cheerful givers. I'm just glad I've got something to give. Amen. Are you with me today? I'm just glad that I've got something to give today, whether it's of my money or my time or my whatever. I'm glad that God has given me this ability to give. Now, listen to me, parents. All these people leaving are not because they don't like my sermon. They're getting baptized. Ignore them, okay? All right? Most of them think I'm doing pretty good today, honestly. I'm just going to tell you, but ignore them, all right? They're getting baptized. I'll catch up to them in a minute. But I want to tell you parents something today. Teach your kids to be givers, not just receivers at Christmas. Let's say that again. Some of you are still looking at the baptism people. All right, let me say it again. They'll be back. You're going to see them again, I swear. But listen, parents... Teach your kids to be givers, not just receivers at Christmas time. It's a big deal. Like, well, yeah, but what could they possibly do? Well, in our situation, Pastor Katie gets all the credit for this and just, you know, I'll throw it out there. She's a much better parent than I am. So just let that be known right now. She teaches them. She gets, we always used to tease her back in the day because one of the church kids or somebody could do something really bad. Did anybody watch the sitcom Full House from the 90s? Yeah. The kids could have blown up the house. And at the end of the day, this incredibly cheesy keyboard music would come on. Danny Tanner would get down on one day. DJ, it's okay that you ran a car through off of a bridge and killed six people. Honey. And this stupid. And so she's such a great person and parent that, you know, your kids, my kids, anybody's kids could have just done something horrific. She gets down on one knee and, and Lawrence and I used to just key up the, the keyboard and she gets in there and looks them in the eye and I'm getting you back for your Sunday night sermon because you roasted me. If you saw Sunday night, this girl stinking roasted me in front of everybody. But anyway, uh, but really, it's a compliment though. It's a backhanded compliment, but it's a compliment. And so she, she said she's really good with little kids and, and they could have done anything, but she gets down and forgives them and makes them feel special. But one super cool thing that she did right from the beginning is she wanted the kids to give every year. And so every year she'll take the kids to Dollar Tree and they each get a list of everybody in the family that's going to be here for Christmas. Like I've got my brother and his family flying in next week, stuff like that. And, and, and each kid will go pick out an item 
for everybody. That can get a little expensive because I got four kids and 500 relatives. But at the same time, what happens is it teaches them to be givers and, and they love it. They love to go in there and you, they don't ever go in, do we have to do it? I don't want to give no one nothing. Can we just use this money for me? No, it's teaching them that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now I'd like to, you know, to be able to buy everybody more than Dollar Tree gifts, but it's not about that. It's about that they are learning to be a giver from the age of one or two all the way up to adults. And so, uh, you know, parents, we got to teach them some way, somehow, whether they color a picture for their uncle, whether they, you know, make a magnet out of toothpicks for their grandpa, whatever. But they need to do something. They need to learn this at an early age, and they're going to have a head start on everybody else. All right, point number three, check this out. If you want joy, this is the framework for joy. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And if you put the J-O-Y together, what do you get? Joy. Jesus, others, you equals joy. Now, this isn't to say that you don't matter and you shouldn't take care of yourself because some people can go to that extreme. And, you know, we're not saying to just sacrifice yourself on the altar. But remember, to have joy, you do have to keep your priorities in the right order. Now, the world would tell you that you need to make do what makes you happy first. They would probably get it backwards, you know, yodge. You, maybe others, and then Jesus. No, we're talking about Jesus, others, you. And so uh, this is on your outline there. God's ways always seem to contradict the world's ways, but they always work. I'll say that again. Usually I would say I'll say it for those in the back, but the backs are the ones clapping today. Let's, I'll say it for those in the front. Say it for those in the front. God's ways always seem to contradict the world's ways, but they always work. I, th- I thought that would go over pretty big. Yeah, that's a good one. So, but, but really, you know, Jesus is our example in everything in our lives. And I love it that the world will always tell you one thing, then you'll read the Bible and it'll say something totally different. But 1 Corinthians tells us that God uses the things that this world considers foolish to confuse the wise. And God could use somebody that seemed like a nobody and that they didn't know what they were doing, yet this person obeys God's word and God will do something miraculous in their life and totally dumbfound the wise and intelligent people of this world. God loves to do that. And in your life, if you will live your life according to the Bible, it might not make all the sense in the world to your mind, but if you're born again, it makes perfect sense to your heart and it will shame some people in the process that thought you were stupid for doing things God's way. But I'm okay with that. His way always works. Does his way work 50% of the time? 75? No, his ways always work. Let's say that together today. God's ways always work. God's ways always work. Now, that was cute, but I don't believe you. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, can't say that on the Internet. My bad. So, uh, listen here, you filthy animal. No, (laughs) I I watched Home Alone this week. I watched Home Alone. That's my bad. I shouldn't have done that before preaching. But what I will say is this. Say it like you mean it. You're a Christian, okay? Say, God's ways always work. 
And it's true because they do. Amen. So Jesus is our example in everything. And when he came to the earth, listen, when he came to the earth, he put glorifying God as his biggest thing. He said in the book of John, the son of man came to bring glory to the father. That, I mean, he wanted everything. He was pointing glory to God, the father. And then what did he do? He put all of our welfare second. He put himself last. What do you think he did when he died on the cross? I think he did that because he wanted to. I think he did that because oh, this is me number one. I mean, I just think it'd be really cool if I did this. It's going to feel great. Everybody's going to love me for it. Everybody's going to believe and receive me. Here's the thing. The man did it realizing that the majority of people would never even accept the fact or acknowledge that he ever even existed. The majority of people in this world don't even acknowledge the existence of Jesus or receive him. In fact, Jesus said it this way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that ever even find it. You're in the minority here for truly receiving Jesus and giving him your life. You know, we think here we are, you know, in a church in America that, oh, everyone does this. You are in a very small minority. Now, there's people that will say it, but they don't believe it and live it. And that's a whole different thing. And Jesus said, it's a narrow road. Yes, we give some things up. Let's not lie. He said, hey, you got to take up your cross and follow me. Does that mean that we die on a cross? No, but it means that we sacrifice. Sometimes we give some things up. And other people look at that and say, you're losing all that? No, 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 no. I'm not losing all this. I'm gaining all that. And they don't get it. And they think you're a fool, but it's not a fool thing when you're living in heaven a billion years from now. When you are with Jesus Christ, I will gladly give up money, cars, houses, people, things, food, whatever down here so I can make it up there. Come on, somebody. It's a narrow road. No mistake. Not everybody's going. It's a narrow road, but praise God. His ways always, always work, and they turn out for your good. And so joyful people, man, they're always thinking about others before themselves. I want you to look at one last thing here today in Acts chapter 20. Are you still with me? Acts chapter 20. This is what I would call the framework for joy. Now, in Acts 20... Paul was directed by God to travel to Jerusalem and preach there. And the Holy Spirit warned him that danger and jail lay ahead of him. And in fact, other Christians saw it too. And they're like, Paul, the Lord's showing us that you're going to go down there and get arrested. You're going you're gonna to get in prison. They're going to beat you up. And they're like, don't go, Paul. Don't do it. And sometimes well-meaning people will tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. But God's saying, no, hey, you're, you need to go. And it may not be the easy road, (laughs) but it's still the road that God's telling you to take. And so they're all saying, Paul, don't go. Jail and trouble and persecution. But I love what Paul says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. And at the end of 2011, I remember reading this verse in Indiana, and this was the one that got me. This verse got me. It changed my life. And I said, I don't care where I live what I do, my life is worthless if I don't use it for Jesus. I, I'd rather just die now, honestly. 
Acts 20, verse 24, Paul tells everybody, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Come on. My, my, my life, it means nothing to me. What good is it? You can't take, I keep saying this, but I, you can't take that car to heaven. You can't take that BMW, that Rolex, that iPhone 25, that whatever it is that you're just so proud of that you earned. It's a nice thing down here. We'll all give you your pat on the back, but it's staying when you go. It ain't going with you. But you know what can go with you? Listen, people that you have given the gospel to people that you sacrificed for listen if you get them the gospel and they receive jesus people can go to heaven things can't but people can so why am i gonna waste all of my energy and time and resources and power on accumulating a bunch of stuff that honestly won't exist in some cases a year from now five years from now, ten years from now, certainly not a couple hundred years from now, but what will exist? The spirit of the people that have gone to heaven, or unfortunately some people don't go to heaven and they go to hell. And so I've got to make that my number one thing in life, getting people to heaven, bringing healing to families, bringing marriages back together, helping parents with their children. That's our entire call as a church here. And we will stop at nothing to make sure that we get this job done. Amen. Joy to the world. Jesus, others, you. And listen to me, that's the framework. If you'll operate within that, you are going to set yourself up for joy. Now, I told you a few things last week that uh, will help with your joy. And in fact, I put those into practice this week, man. You know, some weeks are the best weeks of my life. And uh, it wasn't the worst week of my life, but it wasn't my favorite week that I've ever had either. And I had <laughs> I had some stuff this week that I was like, I don't want to see anybody for a long time. I just, you know, driving out to the woods and being with Jesus. That's what I love to do. But, you know, there was one of those things, man. And I remembered, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I started singing praises to Jesus. And next thing you knew, it was just bubbling over. And I was ready to run a lap around this property because I was so excited about what Jesus is doing. And so Jesus, others, you is the framework. But if you'll spend time in God's word, if you will sing God's praises, I don't feel like it. Then give the sacrifice of praise, man. Come on, sacrifice. If you'll do these things, it'll set you up for joy. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together today. Amen. I just better pull the plug right there. Or we're going to keep going. Uh, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this morning. If we could do that. Amen. Got Josh is going to lead us in some worship here today. In just a minute, we're going to get into our baptism time. But what we're going to do, first of all, is we want to offer prayer to you. Now, the biggest thing of all is this. If you're here and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I swear nothing else is going to go right until you get that in order. 
But also what I find more often than that is people that at one point did receive Jesus and start down the road with them. And somewhere or another, they kind of wandered off. And we know that Jesus didn't leave you, but it is possible for us to kind of leave Jesus. And uh, we're not here to condemn or judge or throw rocks at you for that. We're just here to, to fix this situation and get you back in on the right path with Jesus. So I want to lead you in a prayer together today. And if you'll pray this, we're going to restore the relationship with Jesus to where it needs to be. And if you're thinking, man, I've got no joy. I've just got anxiety, stress, depression, doom, gloom. Listen, it does not have to be like that. Jesus has better. Do you think it's depressing and doom and gloom in heaven? No? Yeah, that's heaven. This is earth. Well, how come Jesus prayed, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? It's not God's will for you to be depressed and full of anxiety and stress and sick. And and I mean, that is not the will of God for your life. He's got better, okay? I want to lead you in a prayer today. And if you'll pray this, uh, it's super important that you would come up and just let one of our prayer team know. Uh, because we want to we want to help get you on the right path. And we'll, we'll set you up with someone from church here, if you would like. That would be a spiritual personal trainer with you. They'll text you some Bible verses every day. They'll pray for you, answer questions. But they'll be a mentor in your life over the next month to get you on the right track. Amen. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes today? Can you pray this with me? Say, Father in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I believe in your Son Jesus. I believe in your Son Jesus. I believe that He died. I believe that He died. That He rose again. That He rose again. That He's coming back someday. He's coming back someday. Jesus. Jesus. Forgive me. Forgive me. For anything wrong I've done. For anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength. Give me the strength. To live for you. To live for you. My life is yours. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah! Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. Amen. Give him some praise. All right. So if you pray, that is vitally important that you let one of us know because you have to have a moment where you publicly acknowledge Jesus. All right. Um, so if you need prayer for anything, come on up. You can see a boatload of kids here. They're here to watch the baptism. Uh, so let's go ahead. Josh is going to lead us in some worship. If you need prayer for anything at all, please come up and see uh, our prayer team. They're going to pray with you. And here in just a few minutes, we're going to get into our baptism service. Amen. So let's go ahead, Josh, and lead us in some worship. And I know that I know you never fail. Oh, yes, I know that I know you never will. And I know that I know you never fail Oh yes, I know that I know you never will Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise 
be seated. If you have um, anyone here that's being water baptized today, you are welcome to go up on the platform and stand along the side to take pictures if you would like to do that, because there's nothing cooler than having pictures of being water baptized, right? Amen. All right. So um, if you have people that are going to be water baptized, why don't you make your way up the platform here? And uh, just stand along the side. I don't know who's first or any of that kind of stuff, but you'll be able to see people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what's so cool about this new platform is you don't have to trip over a bunch of cords to get around it. They're just in the middle where all you guys are. And you're used to... Not tripping over them anyway, right? <laughs> Unlike the rest of us. Amen. Are you excited about this time of year? Amen. You know, once again, Pastor Dave was preaching. It's not about the money. You know, I was talking to my daughter Annie last night on the phone like it was midnight Indiana time. Many of you know Annie. Some of you don't. And she says, Mom, the best times I remember as Christmas was when, when I was a little girl was we didn't have a lot of money. It was the things that you would make for us. Making making bacon cookies together, you know, things like that. So, you know, utilize that in your own time with your own children, your grandchildren. Bake cookies together. Make memories. And a lot of times memories have absolutely nothing to do with money. It has to do with T-I-M-E time. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wow. You guys got to kind of stay to the side so the, the people in the... In the uh, Congregation can see. So, all right, are we ready? Okay, all right, okay, guys. Everybody so. in the in the medical moves to the side because the people out there can't okay, see. Yeah. yeah, that way they can see. And um, we've got several people. So whenever your loved one comes up, you know, you can make sure you get a good spot for that picture, okay? So, again, thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, again, we don't typically do uh, baptisms in December <laughs> right before Christmas, but uh, we're, just, we've, we're so excited for this day. And we've got people here that have given their lives to Jesus. And this is their chance to say so in front of everybody. And I, I encourage you as family to, to help them in their journey, help them in their faith. And we as a church family will do the same. But this is a wonderful, wonderful day. Amen. So let's go ahead and we're going to have our first come up here. All right. And we've got Elijah. Come on, All right. come on down. Just don't slip. There you go. All right. Come on. Feels good, huh? <laughs> I, I'm, this is a side note, and this may not sound very spiritual. This is the best this water has ever felt out of 15 years. It feels like we're like in a jacuzzi right now. This is great. So, um, but Elijah, we're, we're proud of this young lady right here. Her mom, her brother, her whole family have all been a, such a big part of our church for the last several years. And now she's made this decision on her own to uh, get baptized and make a public statement of her faith that she's received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so this is a huge moment, and we're celebrating with her today. Amen. And so, all right, Elijah. Yeah, come on. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. 
Have you be- do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Yes, I do. Okay. Right here. <laughs> then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Next, we've got Kylie getting baptized today, so let's hear it for Kylie. Amen. Water's warm. (laughs) All right, Kylie, we're so glad that you're part of our church family now and that you are making this decision in your faith. So let me ask you, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Okay, so I'm going to have you face this way right here, okay? Then go ahead and... Hold your nose. I'm going to baptize you. Upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. (laughs) All right. We are excited. Praise God. All right. Let's bring off our next one. All right. everybody this is uh this is cookie all right let's hear it for her <laughs> she's a very special lady to all of us and you hear me talk about her and i even say hi online sometimes but uh this is she's the main reason that we were able to do baptisms in december right now and uh we're just so proud we've seen god working in her life over the last few years and she's really become just a, a big part of our church family from afar and it's a, it's a very special i'm very very happy to be baptizing her today so cookie let me ask you have you received jesus christ as your lord and savior I have. do you believe that he's god's son and that he died and rose again I do. okay i'm gonna have you step forward a little bit here all right go ahead and upon the confession of your faith In Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. (laughs) All right. Amen, amen. I've been waiting for that moment. (laughs) We've been waiting for this one. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, come on up. It's exciting to see people making this statement of faith for Jesus. Amen. Come on in. All right. Everybody, we got Vita right here. Amen. Part of our church family for, I'd say, at least six months. Since March. Okay. Oh, but nine months that she's been with us here. And we've just seen the Lord working in her life and in her boys. And, and it's just uh, it's awesome to see the work of God. Amen. I'm going to have you step right over here, Vita. She's a member. She became a member in July. Yes, so let me ask you, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Yes. Okay. I'm going to have you turn around this way. Okay. 
Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. We are proud of her. Proud of her. Amen. All right. <laughs> Come on up. Watch your step, it can be slippery. Okay. All right. And we've got Michael with us today. Amen. Hi, Auntie. This, this young man is the nephew of Donna Winston, who's just one of our all-time awesome church members. I don't know if Donna's out there, but... Any, oh, oh, she's right there. Okay. So anyway, I know she's proud and everybody is, but uh, we're really excited and we're just seeing the work of God in his life right yeah. now. So... Amen. Michael, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Yes. Okay. Step right here. Am I kneeling? No, you're going to stand up like that. Go ahead and hold your nose. Okay. Uh-huh. Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Celebrating today. Amen. All right. Come on up next. We've got one of our teenagers here, Georgia. She's going to be getting baptized today. Amen. She's been baptized before, but she just felt like she was on more of a place in her life now that uh, she could really do this of her own faith and accord. So. Let me ask you a few questions here, Georgia. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Yes. Okay, step forward a little bit here. Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right. Very good. And now we've got her mom. Watch your step. Slipper. we got her mom, Miss Lena. All right. We love Lena. She's a big part of our church family now. And, and we've seen so much that the Lord's done in her life over the last year and the growth. And it's just awesome. So, Lena, let me ask you, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Yes, I do. Amen. Okay, I'm going to have you step right here. Go ahead. Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. All right, everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our last baptism for today. But uh, we thank the whole church family for being involved and, and sticking around to celebrate with these guys. And we do this a few times a year. So if you didn't get baptized yet, but you want to, let's do this in 2023. It's very important that you do take a, a, a time to do this. Jesus told us to be baptized. And so it's a huge, huge thing. Amen. All right. Well, we'll go ahead. And did you guys do the faith confession yet and all that? All right, let's go ahead. I'll let uh, Mrs. Pastor close out with prayer and the Barstow Faith Confession. And uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you tonight. Love you guys.
Oh, we need a few of you gentlemen. How many strong guys do we have around here? Muscles. Hey, come on. Come on, you always show your muscles. Need guys with muscles. You can stand up, please. To help move the wall back up there. Okay, so if if we have a bunch of guys that'll help, then it will be very easy to do, okay? Hallelujah. Okay. Well let's uh close in prayer. We'll, let's say our uh let's close in prayer and then we'll do our finance or our, not financial, our barstow faith confession. Yes, okay. You can stand up, please. Father, we thank you so much for the service today. We thank you so much for the family of God that was gathered here today. We thank you so much, Lord, for those who are water baptized today as a declaration of their faith in you. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the word that Pastor Dave taught, and we will remember it and we will live by it. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, you ready for this? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. 20% off in the bookstore.